Hey there, NFT curious listener. Welcome to another special episode of Edge of NFT. You may or may not have found out we are doing Twitter spaces with the NFTLA Twitter account in collaboration with Howl Labs, our partner in promoting NFTLA. And we've had some incredible guests, incredible sessions. We're attracting hundreds of live listeners and it's really been going great. So we wanted to share a couple of those Twitter spaces with you. This episode will feature one of them. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Edge of NFT with your hosts, Jeff Kelly, Ethan Janney, and Josh Krieger. The podcast that brings you the top 1% of NFTs today and what will stand the test of time. We explore the nuts and bolts and the business side, and also the human element of how NFTs are changing the way we interact with the things we love. This podcast is for the dreamers, disruptors, and doers who are pumped about this ecosystem and driving where it goes next. All right, welcome everyone to another episode, another session of these Twitter spaces by NFT LA Live. Along with me, I have the pleasure of having our usual co-host, the NFTs and Saxaker. How are you guys doing? What up, what up? Hello, hello. Let's go. All right. And let's get down to business because today we are joined by none less than Matt Kalish. How are you doing, Matt? Hey, what's going on, gentlemen? Everything's fine. Everything's Draft fine. DraftKings in the house. Get my fantasy team ready to lose. Let's go. That's going to always be survive you know, this. You, you never know what's going to happen in fantasy. Uh, it's true. It's 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 the sad truth. Um, but I like to pretend like I know what's going on, and uh, that this is a game of skill, and I'm the most skilled. Facts. So um, you're here to help me win my league, Matt. That's that's it. Yeah, I got the tips. I mean, I'm here for it. Zach, are you playing fantasy this year? I am not. Zach's on the bench. He's been. I, I got benched again. It was. <laughs> we already knew I would have come in last. So I didn't even bother. <laughs> hey, man, it, 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 it's okay, man. I, I don't make it every year to do my uh, fantasy. This was the first time in this this league, so I felt the need to stand out. So I think this is a very apropos conversation to be having right now. Um, What's the name of your down team? Bad. I got I to gotta make sure my DraftKings uh, sets me up for success so I can win my prize pool. Yeah. Yeah, these days you can't be one dimensional. You got to have multiple ways to earn. You know, nothing's so easy in the in the bear market. I'm multi risk uh, uh, platformed right now. So let's go for all my fellow DGens out in the audience. What's up? <laughs> all right, Danny, let's kick it off. Let, let's get into some questions. I got I, I got so much on my mind right now. Uh, I know. I know, I know, right? So let's let's start by the beginning and let's 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 tackle why we're all here and why did DraftKings decide to enter the NFT space, Matt? Tell us. Mainly, I mean, aside from just having a few ideas we really wanted to pursue with um we'll get into Rainmakers and and that whole game in a minute, but like really it was a cultural movement that you know, during COVID when everybody's on lockdown, a ton of like really, really interesting hobbies became very big, like the hobbies of our typical customer at DraftKings, you know, um, 
people were filling time and especially like kind of during when sports got locked down and there was no uh, traditional outlets for, you know, people who are playing fantasy sports betting or whatever, like all that live content was kind of gone and really quickly observed like a bunch of things picking up steam, you know, it was things like day trading, um, uh, crypto, collecting sports cards, you know, a bunch of these uh, kind of alt investments or hobbies became like really, really prominent. And, uh, even after sports returned in late 2020, you know, continued to pick up steam. You know, you saw if you check any of these markets like sports cards or, or um, of course, crypto and NFTs, like immense growth through the end of 2020 into 2021. And I would say for me, by the very start of 2021, it became pretty uh, hard to ignore. It was just coming up. I spent a ton of time with our customers. It came up like in every conversation, that's just what people were doing. You know, uh, some were, uh, you know, playing more in the physical sports card space, but I was also starting to hear more about things like, you know, NBA top shots or, you know, some of these projects like crypto punks that were some of the early, early, you know, pioneers around like, uh, ways to apply NFT technology to art collectibles, etc. And, for DraftKings, given our platform is all digital, all online, you know, the vast bulk of the company is, um, you know, through our apps, people engage through through digital means, not physical. So stuff like sports cards in and of itself never was bigger or like compatible enough with what we do. But when we started to notice like a lot of our audience and attention going towards digital collectibles and you know, also considering all the potential around how NFT tech could apply to things like gameplay, uh, in addition to just collecting, like really went deep, like started to really, really just study the space uh, and figure out like, what is it exactly that, you know, our audience would expect from DraftKings as it relates to kind of applying blockchain or NFT tech to our business. And uh, so I'd say it was really like early 2021 through the middle uh, of the year that we were really like thinking, studying, uh, learning. And then uh, by later part of 2021, we launched our kind of uh, marketplace that included like a lot of tech around NFT drops uh, in exchange for peer-to-peer trading of NFTs. And then uh, come closer to the end of the year, early 2022, that's when, you know, um, like our, our vision around Rainmakers really came to market, which is really like a, a blockchain NFT driven fantasy sports game. Yeah, that's super interesting. And, and it, it's fascinating to think about how sports have evolved from the collecting standpoint, because I think anybody who's a, a big fan of any kind of sporting event, we, we love collecting moments, memorabilia, trading cards, uh, whatever it, it like it, it is imbued value with that sentimental value of, um, I remember that moment and, and that becomes meaningful to me, those players and things like that. And, and certainly when we're talking about when people are looking at, at stepping in and, and doing something competitive and there, there's a lot of uh, sentiment that goes into the players and the history of those players and what big plays they've made in the past and how we allocate um, our attention into those individuals. So it's fascinating that blockchain technology is leading us on this path where we can do a lot more than what we've historically been able to do by way of capturing those moments and then um, creating value where people can tap into that and, and um, use those as, as uh, reward systems for other people. So really excited to have somebody as big as DraftKings thinking about this and involving themselves in the space. Um, 
what's your experience been so far? Uh, are you cur currently hoarding all the board apes? Is that is that what's happening? I mean, personal wise, I have I have my bag of NFTs, which you know, some pretty sick ones, pretty nice wins in the bag, and also some things that didn't go so well. I'm sure, like anyone who is in the mix, call it 12 months ago, picking up stuff from drops, like, you know, there's a lot of things in there that are like a graveyard of NFTs, and there's some stuff that's pretty decent. And yeah, I have, I think I have something in the range of like 1500 total NFTs in my wallet, and I make my wallet public, anyone can look. I mean, it's something that like, um, the whole time I've kind of like labeled my wallet i want to make sure everything's really like transparent i also make a good amount of content like i have a podcast that i do um with gary vaynerchuk called props and drops i do like tweets and whatever uh, instagram like i try to be pretty open with it because i just think it's like a really cool um cool space and like a cool hobby uh and i try to like remind everybody that i really have no idea what i'm doing from like a money-making standpoint and it's a hobby that I do for fun, like assuming I'm going to lose all the money I put in. So please like understand that if you're ever looking at any of my sort of like blockchain transactions, but you know, I've collected a ton of different projects. I'd say like the biggest wins were um, like crypto punks definitely was like my number one biggest win I've owned over the years. I've probably like bought and sold 50 or 60 different ones. I currently have like four or five. Um, so like punks is something very close to me. And then, uh, I don't know, I got in the mix on stuff like V friends. I really like the projects where I actually feel like there's a, uh, actual operation and team over the course of like time that's going to exist and like really work on the project. And so some of the ones that I, I took shots on were, uh, in addition to stuff like V friends, like cool cats or, um, you know, bored apes, um, I, I'm down to, I think, one board ape now, so I never wanted to kind of like not have a bag, but um, I think I, I had four at one point and I'm down to one. So I don't know. I've been like dabbling in everything and um, just trying to feel it out, get a sense for where everything's uh, headed and what kind of projects I want to move into. And um, the thing I always forget to do is like sell things so that are that are down because it doesn't feel good to sell things that are down. So I find myself like bag holding a bunch of projects. I probably should, I don't know, I, I like, tax loss harvest or something. <laughs> I, I, I bet I've got you beat there. I, I'm holding 20,000 plus NFTs. So uh, consider yourself lucky you didn't get it earlier because you'd be an NFT hoarder, not a collector. That's what I consider myself at this point. It's in the namesake. Uh, I'm the same as you, by the way. I keep my wallet open and accessible so that everyone can see my shame. Um, <coughs> but you're naming, you're naming like legit, as projects like these weren't like projects that that uh got snubbed in my opinion like these, these are ones that you're in my opinion you made some pretty good calls right there early and often so um you know keep at it dude you're crushing the game it sounds like <laughs> and and we need yeah, to we, me it sounds need... like you're you've got a pretty broad outlook like i was expecting you to name a bunch of you know sports related things or you know somehow totally. in your wheelhouse but um, when you're looking at projects you think are interesting, or maybe even that drafting is thinking, well, let's talk about a partnership. Is is it um, important that they're directly related to sports? So I don't believe that from a standpoint of um, like DraftKings as a brand, the sports connections like pretty undeniable, and that's the bulk of our. I think the way people think of DraftKings, but like the interest of people playing on DraftKings, I think is definitely broader than that. Like some examples being um, 
you know, stuff like trading stocks, you know, everybody's kind of into that as a risk reward game. Uh, even if you're not a professional investor, I think a lot of our audience prefer like, I don't know, just speculating, taking some shots on things that they believe in. Um, and one thing that often I think surprised people is if I get to my physical collection, like stuff that I have in my office, um, I collect sports and I also collect TCGs and I have probably like 80% TCG and 20% sports cards. It's like a, uh, a mix that I don't even know why I just tend to like gameplay. And, you know, like when I was talking about rate makers and like applying gameplay to NFT, like I always found it really hard to not gravitate towards utility. Like, when I play or, or when you're collecting like Magic the Gathering or Flesh and Blood or Pokemon or whatever, like there's an actual game there. And so like, yes, the collectible value is undeniable, but also this idea that like it's an actual game that has adoption that people are playing actively. It's something that I always thought enhanced the the appeal of TCGs. So I just found myself like kind of gravitating a little bit more towards whatever, like MetaZoo and that kind of stuff over uh, sports as just an overall balance. And so I, I definitely think that shaped my opinions. And uh, I don't think I'm alone either. I think a lot of people think that way. That, that's how I got in. TCGs were like the first area where I was like, this makes so much sense because digital like collectibles, like I, I remember the IRL version of like, you know, Pokemon and going out and, and, you know, trying to find somebody to sit down and play a game with you versus like going and just hoarding packs of it. It makes so, so much sense that we have this great thing called the internet where we can go on and find people to, to match up with and own those digital collectibles and as, as trading cards and be able to have, like you said, some kind of level of utility of gameplay where there is the collector component to it, but there's also um, this, this action that you can take with it that gives it that enhanced value. So that's, you know, really cool. Yeah, for sure. And even stuff like sports cards, I find myself like, even if, um, like if I hold them, I'll typically like put them up for risk on bets or something like just side, side props on fantasy weekly leagues or something with my friends, just cause like it's cool, but I like having something else to do with it. You know, it's nice to admire, but I like having something to do with it. And like, I'm always like very actively trading and stuff too. Like all my sports cards or whatever I have, I'm always kind of like checking the market and like, uh, uh, even if it doesn't have utility in and of itself, I kind of view my sports cards as like I'm actively trading in the market, you know? Yeah. I mean, uh, are, are, are you guys looking at, at employing that at some point where it's like, uh, we're going to have like this, this digital trading card that, that becomes the, the vaulted prize. And cause I, I do see that as like uh, the future reward for, for digital participation. The NFTs are a viable option for a lot of companies to find ways to reward participation in their platform. Yeah, so the game we put together for Rainmakers Football, you know, we did a partnership with the NFLPA so that we could offer sort of real player IP in the NFTs, right? And so the the core way the game works is you buy packs, you break them, and it consists of different players. You can get, um, depending on, you know, your luck breaking the pack, you can get kind of like a basic pack where maybe it doesn't even return the value to something that's like multiples and multiples the value. and um, so there's like this concept of scarcity where, you know, the NFTs have everything from core, uh, which is like the most populated tier all the way to what we call Rainmaker, which is 
there's only like eight of every player at Rainmaker tier for the whole season. So like you can have that experience. Like people enjoy so much of breaking packs, trying to pull something scarce and rare. Uh, there's a secondary marketplace where people can list uh, things for sale or buy cards from other players. And uh, the essence of the game though, is you use your collection to compete in fantasy contests that pay a million plus per week in prizing. So like so far this season in Rainmaker football, we've paid over 13 million in cash prizing with no fee. It's just people using their collection. You know, the only cost is buying the NFTs and by competing with your NFTs and using them in fantasy lineups, you're competing for all of these millions of dollars in prizing as well. Uh, there's things like leaderboards, there's collection achievements, you know, lots of things, lots of ways that you can earn uh, using your collection. And as we look ahead to future years as well, the ability to like kind of keep competing for more cards from current season, like the the persistence of some utility year in, year out of your collection, you know. So we've tried to really merge all of these different worlds. And I feel like, you know, a lot of the customers and people who jumped in right away, like what they had to say was, this is the merger of everything I like between fantasy, you know, collecting sports cards, uh, trading NFTs or trading sports cards, opening packs. Uh, it it kind of like combined everything into one experience. And uh, that was really like the uh, V1, you know, that's like our day one product that I think over the course of years and years, we'll just keep improving and making better. So I think it's a really bright future and, and kind of like intersects a lot of super interesting like hobbies and interests that people have. Yeah, if, if anybody's listening and they don't know what we're talking about, it, Rainmakers, uh, it's R-E-I-G-N makers, M-A-K-E-R-S, um, DraftKings. Um, and, and those packs look really approachable too. I'm like on the website right now looking through, you have like different tiers and options. I think, you know, simulating the digital pack, right? That's such a smart idea. I think, you know, Top Shot was one that, that put it out very early and, and you guys are iterating on that. And that's, that's really, really smart because it does simulate something that's familiar to, to those collectors. Um, Zach, did you want to jump in? I know you had uh, a question you wanted to ask as well. Yeah. I mean, first, almost maybe just an observation, listening to, to Matt talk it's clearly um you're doing stuff that you find really fun and it's like you get to play with all the stuff that you'd be doing anyway and building a really cool you know projects and games out of it um in, in that world and like trying to bring in a lot of new people who aren't already crypto junkies um i can't think of a better way than just giving them a, a place to have fun um along those lines we've been seeing some companies you know bigger you know not web3 brands entering um, and avoiding the use of the word NFT. Uh, do you think that that terminology is already kind of on its way out? I don't think it's on the way out. I think in the short term, there's some really negative like connotations with people that aren't like invested in the space or haven't put in the work. And basically the connotations are like any NFT is a scam or like there's no inherent value to digital assets or whatever it's kind of like if you're talking to anyone who's new to nft or like uh someone who's like skeptical you know the types of things that you'll hear are are like that you know it's like oh it sounds like some kind of scam rug pull ponzi like whatever you know and only through getting exposure to the space do you realize oh it's just like anything else like when i have my whatever jason tatum rpa rookie it's like one of his best cards it's my favorite card i own 
the thing is like plastic, cardboard, whatever, worth four cents. It's not like the value is the the physical, you know, like products it's made from, right? It's collectability, which is driven by demand, right? It's like anything that people want to own that's scarce, that is like coveted, has demand and is collectible. And therefore there's like a market for it. And so I think once people realize, you know, digital, physical, there's like a very limited difference. And as long as you gravitate towards quality, like projects which have an audience that have demand that have like a legitimate purpose and team behind them and utility and whatever, like if you're, or, or even in some cases, just the art in and of itself has demand, you know, like as long as you're in that kind of situation, I think there's really no distinction between NFT and and physical. And so that's the piece that as, you know, mainstream collectors, fantasy players, whatever, as more people appreciate that, I think NFT will be like a totally fine word. Short term, it's a little tough. And like, I think in certain cases, like I've definitely noticed companies moving away from that, you know, like a, a digital cards or whatever, like they'll call it things that aren't NFT for sure. Yeah, I think it's the friction points too, right? Making it easy to access and, and, and speaking in terminology that people understand. So it's, you know, the stuff on your website being priced in USD is, is really smart. Um, creating, creating those on-ramps where people can understand where these marketplaces exist and what the legitimacy of them are, I think, really helps with the ecosystem. Um, and it seems like you guys are, are, you know, doing all the right moves. Um, we talked a little bit about people that you're, you know, what, what constitutes somebody you would want to partner with. Um, have, have you been on the hunt at this point? Like what, what kind of partnerships are you looking to, to secure in the next, uh, over the next year, over the next quarter? Um, and is this an area you, you guys want to keep expanding in? Is it other blockchain projects? Is it other web two projects? Yeah, I think combo of everything because like our, the view that I have and that, you know, everyone working on Rainmakers have is that it intersects a bunch of areas of people's interests, including NFTs, but also including, you know, other categories like physical sports cards or whatever. Right. And so um, collaborations that I think are meaningful to our audience uh, from any of those spaces is something that we're interested in. Like in Web3, we've done... Um, We've worked with like the friends. We've worked with Steve Aoki. We've done stuff with um, Dead Fellows, where they like kind of zombified a bunch of football players, and we dropped. Um, it's like kind of the same utility as any other card, but it's like the zombie version of whatever Kyler Murray and and uh, Chase Claypool and whatever, like a bunch of really good. With all the know, injuries, it feels like we have zombie teams these days. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we could just turn all the injured people into zombies, but I don't know if they would, you know, sign off on that. There's, yeah, sorry, yeah. sorry, Los Angeles, but the LA Chargers uh, have a devastated team of injuries right now. So they'd probably be the horde if I'm if I'm gonna uh, lay blame at anybody, but. Uh, yeah, yeah, but it's like if it's if it's collectible, if it's interesting, if there's like a good community behind something, like we're in, you know. And I think we just want to partner with quality organizations or or teams or communities that are like that that we believe are in it for the duration that are, have like a serious operation and they're really building. And I don't mean that like it's a meme kind of to be like we're building, but what I mean is like a company that actually exists and actually is trying to like make progress and build and, and grow and exist years from now. So like, that's something I always look for. Um, 
you know, like a, a real organization behind something. Well, we got to we got to get experimental and a little bit weird with it. But you're right. There needs to be some kind of foundation of understanding like we, we have a trajectory. We know where we're heading and, and we're rallying the right people uh, on, on this path. And I, you named some really great names like Aoki's been I, I got to work with Aoki on some projects and Aoki's uh, is is everywhere. Um, Gary V, same thing. Um, and, and I love what Gary says, too, about it's a it's very much a show me, don't tell me world. So it's not about going and convincing people what NFT projects can do. It's about showing them and, and them uh, experiencing the value. And then you don't have to sit there and explain how the Internet works. Um, mom, dad and everybody else is going to get onboarded because it's awesome. Um, so doing cool shit is, is the mantra, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. You have questions about blockchain? Like, how big of a block can you chain without throwing out your back? Or if you received that chain letter, how did you block it? And does blockchain taste better, barbecued or deep fried? <laughs> Luckily, you don't have to ponder these quandaries alone anymore because Blockchain Training Alliance is here to answer them and also train you in real world blockchain issues that will impact your business's bottom line and oriented future forward along the ley lines of the most important tech humanity has perfected since harnessing atomic energy. If you're into those sorts of things, Blockchain Training Alliance is a top leader in the field, counting among its clients IBM, Microsoft, Disney, Morgan Stanley, and many more, and offering a wide array of technical and non-technical courses. Whether you're a computer neophyte training for an incredible career in this new space, or a coding expert honing your skills, Blockchain Training Alliance will help you steer your ship home safely, filled with treasure. <laughs> Arg. So hurry and sign up for the Blockchain Training Alliance course that best fits your needs at blockchaintrainingalliance.com. Use discount code EDGEOF for 50% off and start your next block today. And I don't know, I've always been really afraid to give give tips or anything. So I'm like, you know, I, it's one of these spaces where I think the rules of the road are still being figured out a little bit. And um, yeah, I, mean, I, I yeah, think we, 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 we are experimenting. They're, they're, the rules of the road are, are still being written. <laughs> That's the yeah. problem. Yeah, I mean, DraftKings is a company that's very regulated, right? It's like we have, even personally, like I have gambling licenses in like 20 states where they go through like, literally, like I send my high school diploma to um, like whatever, you name it, Tennessee or something. Like I send everything, right? Bank statements, credit cards, this, that, whatever, just for suitability on like gambling licenses, company, every aspect of what we do, you know? And so it's like a big part of our culture is, like, yes, innovate, however, like, understand that you exist in a world that is like, you know, it's regulated. Consumer protection is like at the forefront, like things just have to be done the right way. If people put money in, like, and get money out, that needs to be quick, seamless, like automatic and something that you can trust. Like if you win a bet, you get paid immediately. You know, all this stuff is like part of the culture of a regulated business like DraftKings. So I think it's been fun working on something that's like extremely new and developing like blockchain tech and web three within the walls of a company that is like extremely thoughtful and careful about everything we do. And uh, I actually think in a lot of ways that's the future, you know, because like while there's always a wild west for everything, like the real big, I think products, businesses, et cetera, are going to be the ones that build like legitimate organizations and do things the right way, I believe. And so, like, I think even though 
maybe that like carefulness result in a little bit more time, a little bit less speed at times, you know, to, to evolve and change things. It's worth it when you're looking at things from like a five, 10 year view or longer, you know? Well, it's, it's moving cautiously is not a bad thing. And it's a different, it's, it's a different world for somebody who has nothing to lose versus somebody who has a hundred million plus um, business that they've got to sustain and making that wrong move can be cataclysmic and, and results in, in things like layoffs and other things. So it's like, I get it, you know, taking, taking measured um, moves into the space is important. I think taking the time to understand the tech and evangelize appropriately internally um, is important. And also like if you're going to sit there and, and, and come up with really, really awesome ways to use this stuff and then roll out something more meaningfully versus rushing it out and then panicking when you've written yourself into, to a corner. I, I, I think like the best option is kind of taking a wait and see for a lot of people and then knowing what, you know, being able to step into things confidently and say, okay, we know this is going to work. So that's what we're going to do. But I, I think right now what we're seeing is a lot of companies trying to remove those friction points. Like, you know, people not wanting to move from crypto to USD to, to platform, to custody, to whatever. But, um, you know, having platforms like, like yours that are incredibly familiar to a lot of people. And there, there's a huge Venn diagram of guys that love fantasy football and, uh, girls that love fantasy football and, and traders. Uh, <laughs> I think you're in the right place and I think you're making the right moves from what I can see. Yeah. I appreciate it. You know, it's like, it's always interesting in a world that's increasingly um, like short-term thinking or immediate gratification in almost any way you could think of like to build towards a multi-year or like a longer term vision is like uh yeah it's something (laughs) it's something something to be doing and you know at the end of the day though i think the uh like the winners or the people that actually build like really interesting stuff in web3 that becomes like sustainable and around for years and years and years like it's not on such a tight timetable it's really not like i think um there'll probably be like a project that launches in 2024, which is like one of the best projects, you know, it's like time. The The rule of thumb I got is entrepreneur raising money for a startup was like, you definitely have more time and less money than you think. That was the feedback that I always got, you know, because you're always like, I need to go now. Now's the moment. We should be like faster, quicker, quicker, get to market, do this, do that. Like you probably have more time than you think, but like, you know, it, people, it, people think they're late all the time. You know, yeah. 2017, uh, where people were getting into crypto, looking back at 2012 and going, man, I was late. And the 2012 guys were looking back at the 2008 guys and going, man, I was late. And it, it just, it proceeds like that over and over and over again. And, and there's a lot of people looking right now and they're like, man, I, I missed it. And it's like, no, you didn't miss it. <laughs> you, you're, you're early. And, and the reason you're early is because it, there, there is still this ebb and flow. This uh, we, we don't understand who is going to essentially lead over the next decade, two decades. And so there's opportunity there. And so I see a lot of opportunity right now for people that want to take that measured approach and really hunker down and figure out what their move is going to be so that when the next run up or whatever happens, they're not caught off guard. They, they've already thought about this. So we, we appreciate you. I think as a community, I, you know, I'm not going to speak for everybody, but I appreciate 
um, brands like yours stepping into the space and, and doing something early. And, and I will say that you're early. And I think that's incredible. So I uh, appreciate you. Yeah, thank you so much. I mean, I think the there's a lot of justifiable, I think, negative thoughts about certain brands trying to, uh, like during the peak, peak bull market where there was like infinite amounts of like FOMO and in, infinite amounts of just like uh, attention being sprayed towards NFT. It was literally like the dictionary word of the year 2021 was NFT, right? For like some dictionary. I forget which one, but it was like such a thing in culture. And then you started seeing these brands like with real short term kind of like attention grab motivations, trying to just like siphon off some of that engagement. And um, I remember there was like a hilarious, it was like Pepsi talking to Budweiser or something. It was like this huge meme in nft culture <laughs> where it's like the brands just posting <laughs> don't attack names. gary like that you know that's gary's people <laughs> yeah well you know you know we're maybe maybe they went rogue you never know who's behind <laughs> there we go <laughs> no but i'm I gonna know say exactly it was their, their social media <laughs> intern went rogue and nonetheless like people cringed and it was rightful but like, I think there's at the same time, there's some brands who are actually like building things that have the right intentions, which are like build technology on this really disruptive platform, blockchain, you know, come up with interesting use cases for NFT that haven't been fully explored and like being able to do that with the resources of a bigger company. And like in the case of certain companies, even like you're regulated, there's consumer protections that are being sort of like enforced and guaranteed and whatever. Like, all that stuff is really, I think, important to the future. And so like, for the most part, yeah, I get a lot of brands maybe like try to exploit the engagement aspect, but like, I wouldn't discount the ones that are actually building products. For uh, some of us who, who prefer the instant gratification, I'm curious if you've got any predictions on you know, where crypto is going to impact you know, gambling in particular, like sports betting i mean sports betting and gambling is a very old industry like the joke is gambling is the second oldest industry in the world or whatever so people have always figured out a way to gamble and i think the um like bookies down the street or something like even before there was regulated sports betting in the u.s uh, which is like one of DraftKings core business, you know, sports betting in US, um, iGaming, fantasy for real money. Like um, before regulated operators like us, there was always these other options, right? And um, I think it's kind of no different. Like those alternatives always exist. However, if you want to operate or if you want to be like sort of playing with a company that has, it's regulated, it has oversight, you know, like, at all times, if you put money on or try to take money off or make a bet, like things are going to be above board 100% of the time. Uh, like you're probably playing with a regulated operator. And like, I think that that's uh, just a reality though. Like I'm sure there'll always be a variety of alternatives and some of them may be like web free or blockchain type of uh, type of operations. And you even see some of them in a big way, like an example being, I don't know, like Drake and um, Steak would be an example, right? It's like, um, yeah, like stuff just kind of pop up that like it's going to be there. And I think uh, 
DraftKings, like what we value is the consumer protection and like just kind of doing everything to to the degree that it's possible, like do everything the right way, you know, even if that means you can't be in every market, you can't do every single thing you want. Like the greater good, I think, is being able to guarantee like a consumer experience, trust, protection, et cetera. Yeah. Flow is smooth, right? Smooth is fast. Yeah, the old tortoise and hare analogy, maybe. Not to be uh-huh. corny, but like there is some merit to that, you know? Let's well, so the, the, We can move quickly on certain things, right? Um, and, and there are certain things that you guys are doing immediately. And there are certain things that are going to take some concepting. Um, and, you know, sometimes it's okay to let people run in front of you. Uh, there are plenty of um, innovators in the space that can tell you ter- too early can be a death sentence for projects. There's a lot of projects that came out that uh, in the first uh, 2017 Cambriotic cycle got wiped out with the first extinction event. And um, th- they'll happen again and again and again. But the reality is, um, those that have like good fundamentals and are sitting there and, and are delivering the true value up front, um, and, and are able to kind of sit and, and wait to see what the, the best tools are and then deploy those tools. It's all about like being willing to, to, to take risk and, and deploy those when it makes sense. It's kind of like when Alexa came out and, and voice came out and it's like how, how willing you are to platform on there. I mean, it, it harkens all the way back to like when people are willing to first put their, put a website up when in, in the nineties.com boom. Right. It, yeah. There, there's, there's a risk reward algorithm here, but there's a lot more when you're talking about something as simple as like, Oh, well, I'm going to deploy this or do that. You can do so with limited risk and a, and a high upside. And so I, I think um, you guys are, are kind of playing in that, that realm right now where there's, there's a good amount of upside for what you're doing um, and being first. Um, That's the dream. Yeah, that is the dream. Uh, what 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 are you excited for uh, coming up? Because like uh, I, I need to get some swag. I need to get uh, my draft, my Shiba trophy. Um, are you are you a big fan of? Uh, oh God, what was that show with a Shiba? Why am I blanking right now? The league. Duh. Oh my! Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. Like. I feel like some of the fantasy penalties that you get for being the worst in your league are like just iconic, you know, it's just like such a great culture. I've always been, you know, even when I was in kind of college, I was a distance runner in college. And the way I got into fantasy baseball, which was my first like big fantasy sports was just on these like long runs because there's nothing to do, right? Like you're just running, 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 running. So like people would just be talking about baseball and going through like, the Mets and all the stats and they're like, you know, I just like absorbed everything and started just like really getting into the culture of, of fantasy and like the obsession around like knowing every single fact about everything. Like it's really special. And then the way that that's evolved into like severe penalties for losing your league, like you have to go out on the street in the corner, holding up a sign that like I'm terrible wearing a diaper or something like ridiculous, you know? And so there's never going to be anything quite like that, but I think we can, you know, do our best to stay modern, make sure we're like capitalizing on the best technology available to give like amazing experience to people. And that's kind of what it, what I think this is all about. This web three, you know, kind of like NFT rainmakers venture. Like it's all about just 
like being real time using the best tech to give like really really crazy great experiences to people you know that reflect like whatever the best tech available is we, we need punitive nfts and here's what i suggest everybody takes a, their most embarrassing high school photo and they put it into like a, a, a smart contract and if you're the last in the league it releases those photos okay. and publishes them on twitter that, that's <laughs> there's it always room. Ten thousand people. That's what it does. <laughs> yeah, there's always room for a more brutal penalty in fantasy. That's for sure. We're we're gonna find a way to do this digitally and 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 just really take the the punishments. We've got the rewards, guys. Like NFTs are a great reward mechanism. Can they be used as a punishment? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's probably to, to to dangerous outcomes, but we'll see. Um, what's the weirdest thing you've seen on the blockchain? weirdest um let's see i mean like the best project that's weird i think is like crypto dick butts is my favorite and the weirdest weird one probably like i don't know there's so many great candidates larva lads i remember cracking up because it was like these worm things like these like fat worms that looked like crypto punks or had like the same attributes and i just thought it was kind of funny um the, the, the derivatives that came out of like the punks and, and all the different like larva lads was one there was, was there was like a fast food one. There were so many of them. Um, but yeah, I there it's it's great because you're a crypto punk in uh, crypto punk. You said you have five. Yeah, I think I have like five right now. I was I, was, I have a zombie. I and you're like... not even rocking it as your PFP. How humble. <laughs> yeah, I have good crypto punks. I was like in the in the maybe like scary middle where you know like the floor owns everything and then there's like the total grails that might be worth a ton and then there's like the mid-tier the dreaded mid-tier of nfts so i always found myself like i really like the mid-tier crypto punks and i have this group and it's like a telegram crypto punk group and a bunch of us back in like maybe march april 2011 we were just obsessed with these like cool mid-tier crypto punks and it just like wasn't good right like the play was by the floor <laughs> so lesson learned i used to think you know the floor I, I did the same thing disgusting man. why would anybody want to own a floor crypto punk they're just terrible and then like you go up a couple tiers and you can get like a sick looking one that's super cool and yeah that was a, a huge fail like definitely the move was by the floor so anyway lesson learned but that seems to be like a rule of thumb that's held up pretty well across all projects for the most part you know it, it, i i did the same thing i think that was like that's that's one of the lessons i think a lot of people coming into the space especially traders like learn pretty early on unless you're picking out your your life piece which there i i I'm not a great trader. I'm a, I like to collect. So yeah. I, I do, I do find things that aesthetically like speak to me. And I think we've seen more of that. Like we've, we've seen a lot of the collecting mentality mature to people like actually starting to pick out things that, that speak to them. I think crypto punks is a story of, uh, can I, can I afford anything above the mid tier anyways? So there's sometimes I want to get into a project and I'm like, yeah, that looks really cool. But the twenty grand difference is not going to cut it for me, brother. Yeah, so. of course, of course. Yeah. I mean, that's just like I remember during just peak, the absolute peak of all of the kind of like insanity. Did this podcast with uh, with Gary, 
and we were talking about this and the basic idea was like, look, man, if you have a NFT, that's like a high end one and you can like sell it and change your life and buy the floor, like do it, just do it. Like, what are you doing? There was so much of this, um, like if you sell, you're the worst and it's just like a really shitty culture and like, not everybody's like that. I felt like it was 1%, but there was this like 1% of really noisy, like Twitter accounts or whatever, who would like sell shame people, or they'd be like, um, you know, diamond hands, this, that. It's like, what? Like, there's people that were like changing their lives by selling one NFT, which is just crazy. And then they just get back in the project and buy the floor, you know? It's like, yes, do that. That's smart. Like, be smart. A thousand percent. It's like this weird PR campaign to like not sell. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. By the way, like, if anybody's sell shaming anybody on this, like, just like legit don't worry about that that's stupid like anybody you bought something if you can't sell it it's a scam like buy and sell things that you want (laughs) it's just period that's the end of the story i hate that that's my like number one if i had to complain about something you know nft twitter or whatever it's definitely that it's just a maturity maturity, yeah i I think it'll improve but i mean there's there's uh, there's a psychology here there's there's obvious uh, financial incentive there to make people want to hold, and so there's a lot of people, like, you know, th- in the same way you can th- feel about like bot farms and other things where they go out and they, they mint out all the whitelists and then they dump it. There's there's going to be bad actors, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and a part of that that the social manipulation is is a huge part of this, where there are people taking different paths to socially manipulate and get everybody into a project that then rugs and, and all this kind of like nefarious stuff that happens. And you know, it's not going to get cleaned up overnight, but being aware of it and then outright rejecting it as a part of your community, I think is really, is really important and really good to, you know, state that, you know, we're not here to advocate for people hoarding, especially when it's life-changing wealth that we're talking about or if like even if it's not like maybe somebody's down and they, they got to pay their bills and they, they got to cash out like if it's between holding on to your jpeg and um you freezing you probably should sell your jpeg uh yep 100 um, percent. yeah and, i feel and, like it's just crazy right like i mean this right. is fun the game's like the nfts the art the games it's for fun this is like a hobby so it's supposed to be fun. And if it's like not fun because people are giving you a hard time about like trading or whatever, it's just not aligned with the culture. Um, in my opinion, period, you know? Yeah. Imagine spending your day getting stressed out about trading JPEGs. Yeah. For real. (laughs) You don't have to, (laughs) I I don't have to imagine. (laughs) (laughs) At least the part about spending my day trading JPEGs resonated, maybe like yeah. stress-free, but like I've definitely spent many a day. Oh yeah. Like 30 hours in one day, you know, 40 hours per day. 30, it's 30 crazy. hours in one day. What are you smoking? 60 hour days. <laughs> oh, I'm working man. 60 hour days on JPEGs. I'm 60, <laughs> I, I work 60 hours in 24 hours. Uh, the math doesn't work, but I yeah, did Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're, we're definitely, I think, um, like there's enough sufficiently cool projects that can stand on their own where like people can come and go as they please, in my opinion. So anyway, like, that's just like the outlook. I think when you look at something actually sustainable for the long term, like, I don't think, cause there's these mechanics that you'll see, like if you 
like lock your NFT forever, you get like a yield or something like these things just haven't really panned out for the most part. There's like some cases where short term, but like long term wise, a lot of these mechanics like just haven't panned out. And if you go through like a year ago, who all were doing things like that and how many actually worked out, it's like very thin. So I think yeah, any sort of mechanics games or metaverses or something on the roadmap, but you know, none of them made it. Yeah, yeah, it's tough, right? And it's like, I'm not saying that people shouldn't like experiment with with cool mechanics, but in general, like definitely believe in the idea of like come and go as you please. You should be in projects that you're like interested in genuinely. If you decide like something's not for you anymore and you want to like exit or sell things, great. You know, like shouldn't be so much friction and uh, like a lot of the mechanics around just like hold things forever, I feel like are like, I get it, but I just don't think it's, like, the future, you know? It's much more of, like, a short-term to me. Yeah, I mean, when it's ultimately built on that, like, Ponzanomic, like, we need right. way more people coming in than leaving every day in order to get somewhere. And then often it's some big promise. Once we get there, we'll switch to doing something important. But to get big first, we got to do the this same old thing. When, when do we um, think Super Bowl tickets are going to be NFTs? That's my question. Because it just makes a lot of sense to me. It's got to happen. I've, Okay. Yeah, you know what's funny is I have I have season tickets to the Celtics and they made the finals last year. All the tickets they send them to my phone, not NFT, not physical ticket. So if I ever want to look back and like have nostalgia about how sick it was that the Celtics like went on a god run and made the playoffs and made the uh, made the the finals and whatever, and like I was there, we're in a weird no man's land. You know, and so I think it's either if you go on eBay, you know, you search tickets, you're like Michael Jordan's first game ticket. These things are like PSA graded and selling for a bunch of money. And it's like a thing that people kept and collected. And like, um, I feel like it need to either be there or it need to be like NFT land. But the weird middle of like digital ticket, but there's no retention is just like to me kind of sad you know so i think it's going to be one way or the other hey there nft space cadet let's zoom in on the globe from outer space today to abbott kinney boulevard in venice beach la let me show you a cosmic tech beacon that shines out among the bustle of fashion art and food there it's a thriving software dev data science and design studio known as ae studio where scores of the sharpest minds have come together to help founders and execs create software and machine learning solutions that are not only profitable and increase our agency as humans, but that give us that warm, fuzzy feeling that elegant tech so wonderfully does. AE's breadth of talent allows them to build anything from instillvideo.com, it's a health, fitness, and wellness app that makes your chakras tingle, to award-winning brain-computer interface solutions that could quite literally bend our minds. Oh, and keep an eye out for Token Runners, their NFT white-label marketplace, as well as our highly anticipated NFT drop, Boomer NFT. Now, for all you DGENs who strive to shed the cummerbund and pearls, comes a jaw-dropping, awe-inspiring partnership not seen since the heyday of Shaq and Kobe. It's called Edge of AE Studio. And you can find out all about it at edgeofae.com. That's right. This full service, soup to nuts, end to end, whole enchilada NFT service can help you. Yes, you, Randy. Launch your NFT project. 
Edge of NFT and AE Studio have come together like Voltron to get your project in gear so you can hightail it straight to the moon, stardom, and maybe even your own private yacht. Go to edgeofae.com to find out more. That's edgeofae.com. Actual results may vary depending on moon landing location, domain of stardom, scale and model of yacht, as well as weather scale model of yacht or actual yacht. Follow-up question. Who's going to win the Super Bowl? Seems like increasingly wide open, but I'm going to be on, like, I was thinking the Bills had it in the bag and then they had like some weird losses, but I still think it's hard to deny the Bills. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm a big there. Ravens fan, but it feels like the Bills need it <laughs> this year. Yeah, I think they're pretty good. Nothing really like fundamentals happened. They lost to the Jets. That was strange. Lost last week to um, who they lose to last week? I'm like spacing. It was. Um, oh man, I'm I, why why am I blinking too? I it was mean, a crazy oh, game, right? It was like insane. I'm I'm just totally blanking. Um, it's okay. If you're still with us, we know Tennessee is kicking off with Green Bay soon. Yeah. And I got Christian Watson in for the first time ever. So everyone pray for me. Yeah. Yeah. So if we want to talk about teams that are doing not much, I mean, Green Bay, there you go. Watson, though, I saw he's got like a his fantasy point projections 10 and a half. So decent. I got oh, to go have an OK game. See, see, we got five more minutes, but I, I didn't realize they were already uh, five minutes into the quarter. Um, so Tennessee is up right now by seven. So you know what I'm going to be doing after this. I'm going to be staring at my fantasy league going, come on, guys. But I got zero points from Green Bay right now. Tennessee's up by seven. Let's, let's, hope, let's hope for some, some weird magic to, to get my, my team over the line. <laughs> yeah, love it. I mean, we like the DraftKings fantasy games for Thursday night, we've been doing for years and years in daily fantasy, and it's been like increasingly huge. These one game, like Thursday night, Monday night, Sunday night football, whatever, increasingly huge. And then like with Rainmakers, check it out. Like you basically you go on and you just scoop up from the marketplace, like four people playing in the game and put them in a lineup. And it's like a free once you own the NFTs, it's just like a free fantasy game and you have a shot at some prizes. So you can like hit it from a few angles, do like Rainmakers thing. Um, One of my favorite things to check out is like if somebody has a crazy good game or if they had a small role, like you mentioned Watson, Christian Watson, if you had a small role historically, but then something happens where you become like a bigger piece of the offense, you just see it immediately. Like the market for the player starts trading up. It's like really cool. So like definitely a different like way of playing and cool, like worth checking out. Yeah, he went from like 1% owned to like 68% owned, like, or no, it's 72% rostered literally in one week. And it's like zero points to 40 points, like that fast. It, it's it's funny. And and so like, that's awesome that you have some kind of incentive. By the way, if anybody's listening that uh, is, is curious about the platform and, and what they're doing over at Rainmakers, if you click up uh, on the top, we have a couple of things pinned from them. You guys also have like, I think a free claimable pack on there. So uh not a bad way to get your your feet wet is uh freebies yeah overall it's cheap i mean you don't have to spend money at all at all to play like you open the there's a free like starting pack and so you open it and it gives you a full roster that you can use in the like upcoming weeks fantasy game you can uh at the lowest tier because it was kind of built with the idea that not everybody has the same budget or like desire to play like at a high 
cost, you know? And so at the lowest tier, which is core, like for, I don't know, 20, 30 bucks, you could build a really good lineup. Um, if you go up to the top tier, like Rainmakers, that's when you're talking about like very little competition, big prizes, but like the cards are whatever, maybe it's like thousand bucks for good cards, you know? So like you get more into like the, the four figure range to add like good players, but the yield is also a lot more if you win. So something to just like click around, check it out, but there's five tiers. So like, I think whether your budget's like 20 bucks or 80 or 300 or whatever thousands, you, you could just like pick the tier you want to be playing at, you know? This is what I'll be doing over Thanksgiving instead of trying once again in five years to explain to my parents what I do for a living or what blockchain is. So thank you for giving me a welcome distraction away from uh, explaining to the extended family uh, how NFTs and blockchain work. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to give unofficial financial advice to my like aunts at Thanksgiving. It's going to be great. It's, I, I get like a text. I, I have to like set up barriers to the family. Like they, they got to cram it all in during Christmas time because any other time of year, if they're pinging me, I'm just going to ignore it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> what should I buy? I don't know. I'm the wrong person to ask. Ask, ask, ask CNBC here, right? <laughs> Listen to the news. Yeah. I don't know. Look, I mean, I hope everyone learned their lesson from last Thanksgiving and last Christmas about giving family financial advice about NFTs. I mean, Jeez, that couldn't have gone well. Like this <laughs> year, the prices are a little better, but you know, still, beware, beware of the financial advice always. And that there classifies as their disclaimer. Thank you, everybody, for yes. for coming. Not financial yes. advice. Not financial advice. Before we log off and let everyone go watch Thursday night football, um, I do want to invite you, Matt, to join us at NFTLA in March, um, and you know, tell people you know more about this on stage and, and everything that happens. In between, very excited about NFTLA. Uh, it's been a minute. I, I was at like the Miami NFT event. Got COVID. Was like everyone got COVID at this. If you were there, you know that everyone had COVID after it. And so that's how it will always be remembered. And then <laughs> I didn't go to any NFT events after Miami, and was on like full lockdown. And then building, you know, like doing rainmakers and whatever, like working and. Now I'm kind of like excited to get back out there on the circuit a little bit, like see what's going on, get head out of the sand a little bit. And, you know, like everyone's had the benefit of a, like a bit of a quieter year where I think the quality will really bubble up, like the good projects that people have been like contemplating. And I think in a market that's as tough as like the current market, anybody who's really working consistently on a project, like it takes a lot of resilience and, um, yeah, like I, I just have a lot of admiration for anybody working on something innovative or new in market conditions like this. Uh, you know, everybody just wants to kind of write off anything. So like really, really top amount of admiration and can't wait to see like come NFT LA, like what people have been cooking up. Oh, yeah, it's going to be really fun because we already have rumors of, of people getting things ready and, and cooking and, and want to announce it with us. It's going to be fun. Every Thursday, you can find us. We'll be doing these spaces every Thursday around the same time. And uh, we've got a film NFT one coming up. We've done gaming. We'll be doing fashion. So we're hitting all the avenues. So, you know, you're always welcome to come back and join us. Uh, we, we love having your perspective. But it's been an absolute pleasure. 
and um, we're excited to see what DraftKings uh, puts forward in the next year. Yeah, uh, thanks, thanks for the chat. This was really, really uh, enjoyable. Look forward to the next one. Definitely, and we do look forward for the next one too. All right, everyone, thank you for joining. Wait, Danny, this. dude, did we do a um, a ticket giveaway this week? Yeah, I was I was about to announce the winner. Oh, all right. Oh uh, yes, sir. So thank you everyone for joining. And remember, we had a giveaway and a lucky winner has already been announced. His handle is unknown funk hero. Please do send us a DM. We're gonna figure it out and we're gonna give you your ticket closer to the date. Congratulations and thank you everyone for joining. Have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy Thursday night football. Okay, we've reached the outer limit at the edge of NFTs today. Thanks for exploring with us. We've got space for more adventures on this starship, so invite your friends and recruit some cool strangers that will make this journey all so much better. How? Go to iTunes right now, rate us, and say something cool. Then go to edgeofnft.com to dive further down the rabbit hole. The views and opinions expressed on the Edge of NFT podcast reflect solely those views and opinions of the show creators and its guests. We're learning as we go just like you. Please make sure to do your own research. Our podcast is not financial advice. There are multiple strategies and not all strategies fit all people. You understand that you are using any and all information available on or through this podcast at your own risk.